Uh, as I mentioned, Rabbi Yudin is in Israel, which makes this week's presentation even more special. Uh, and uh, this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. For you, it's good morning. For me, it's good afternoon. I have the privilege of talking to you this afternoon from Yerushalayim, Yerach Kodesh. There's so much that I'd like to share with you. Let me begin by telling you, tomorrow I have the privilege of reading Parshas Mas'eh. It's Shabbos Chazak. It's Shabbos Mavorkin. According to the Chinuch, there are six mitzvot in Parshas Mas'eh, two positive and four restrictions. Let me just start by reminding everybody that this Monday is Rosh Chodesh, and that means that the nine days begins this Monday. If you have the time, you'll take a look at the last Amud in the Gemara of Abbasra, Cheskat Habatim, and there the Gemara tells us that at the time of the Beis Migdash was destroyed, there were those that said, well, from now on we shouldn't eat meat all the time, because that's when they had, you know, carbonos came from meat. And uh, if that's the case, we shouldn't have fruit, because fruit was brought for the Bikurim, and we shouldn't have bread. So the Gemara says very clearly, to make a law that we should not have these foods all year long, that we cannot do. But not to do anything, we also cannot do. So therefore, they took upon themselves and understandably we have been living with these laws for almost 2,000 years now and depending on the community with the slight modifications A, we don't eat meat in the Ashkenazi community for these next nine days starting with Monday and except for Shabbos except for a Sudas Mitzvah so if at a bris, at a pidiraben, at a siyum, a siyum is when a completion of the Gemara or a state of Mishnayis is done. But I think the mindset is very important. If a person is learning regularly and his learning is completed during the nine days, wonderful. But to delay completion, but to hurry the completion of something for the sake of having meat during the nine days, Intuitively, um, you, you and I can appreciate that there's, quote-unquote, got to be a better way. So this is one aspect, and interestingly, just to show that whereas normally young children are not obligated in the laws of Avelos, here, if you can get away with it as well, even the young children should, certainly for the age of understanding from six seven and up, they should preferably not be given meat or chicken during the nine days. The second area of observance during these nine days is that uh, we don't purchase new clothing, don't wear new clothing, uh, we don't wash clothing during these nine days. Again, if one needed it for young children, that's a different story, and even there are many that will this Sunday, take the few moments and uh, just put on some fresh 
actually laundered uh, clothes prior to Monday's nine days, and these clothes you'll wear, you know, during the nine days, um, except for that which you're going to wear on the Shabbos, Shabbos Chazon, a week from the Shabbos, that you can wear, you know, uh, clothes that have been already laundered before the nine days. And finally, the third area of restriction during this time is that of bathing and Number one, let's start with swimming is prohibited during the nine days. And uh, if one can, one can at least uh, curtail or limit. Very simply, a shower usually takes X amount. Try to make it a little bit less. Try to make it a little bit cooler. Try to empathize with a where we are, what we are, what's happening, and... Uh, for Arab Shabbos, one can be a bit more uh, lenient, given that this is our more general custom and practice. I'd like to start with talking about Pasha's Masay. And Pasha's Masay begins with the 42 encampments, or stops, that the Jewish people made during their 40-year trek in the desert. Now, Rashi is troubled. Why do we need to know this, given this that an extra word in the Torah? So Rashi says, take a look. In the course of 40 years, they only had 42 stops. Look how good Hashem was to us. The Rambam in Moron says, you should know that these 42, quote, encampments were not at an oasis, and therefore each one is another wow, wow, he sustained us only with his mun and with the air and the Ananit Kavod. I'd like to share with you an interesting comment of the Sapurno at the very beginning of the Parsha, who says that why does the Torah list the 42 stops, the Masei, to let the Jewish people know their merits, as Anavi Yemiyo says, that we were prepared to follow God into a desert, even though there was nothing to eat or drink, it shows our emuna and bitachon in him. And then he adds the following words, the ofan, show you ruin rikonais la'aretz, in a manner that these masos, these travelings, these stops, make us worthy to enter the land. But what's the connection between the two? So you could say, as we mentioned earlier, the faith that it demonstrates, but I'd like to suggest if you go back in the book of Bamidbar to Parshas Baha'u'llah, so there in chapter 9, the Torah describes how they traveled in accordance with the Anan, the cloud which was in front of them and which was above the sanctuary, the Mishkan. That when the cloud ascended, that is when they traveled. And when the cloud descended, that's when they stopped and encamped. And the Torah goes out of its way and gives us several psukim by telling us, starting with verse uh, 19 and 20, 21, that there are those times when the cloud remained for many days, and there were those times when it was only there, literally, from the evening till the morning. So just picture this. 
you came to a place you didn't know how long you'd be there, and so naturally you unpack. Everybody unpacks. By the time you get everything out of your quote suitcase, okay, there we are, time to move again. And then when you come to a place that you think you're only going to stay for a short time, you're there for six years. So the idea that comes out of the Masos is that your existence is, quote, totally unpredictable, or say it differently, that you are completely and totally dependent on the Anan, on the cloud. This kind of preparation of whipping the Jewish people into shape during the course of the 40 years, I suspect, is what the Saperno includes by saying this made them now worthy to enter Eretz Yisrael because just as in the desert, they were absolutely aware and convinced that they were not in charge. He, capital H, was the one that is in charge. So, too, when they come into the land of Israel, where they can very well think, ah, oh, this is my land, and therefore I am in charge, comes along their preparation in the Midbar and reminds us, oh, no, he is in charge. And I can only tell you, interestingly, I remember hearing in the name of Rav Salavichek, the Chorum of at the beginning of Parshas Vayera, where the Torah tells us, Abram was sitting at the opening of his tent. Rashi says, He wanted to stand. Hashem says to him, No, no, you sit. Now, what's going on? There are many different interpretations. The Rav explained that when you go to someone's house, so when they hear you at the door, what do they do? They get up to greet you. Here, too, Avram Avinu got up to greet the Shechina. Says Hashem to Avram Avinu, No, you sit. Because even in your house, you should know that I am the boss. I'm the Balabayas. We're about to enter Eretz Yisrael. So even in Eretz Yisrael, we are being reminded that he, capital H, is the Balabayas. Just as in the Midbar, the Anan reminded them as to how unpredictable life is and was, so too what has been happening in Israel is the siren. When it goes off, it reminds all of us how unpredictable life is. And just as in the Midbar, so too even here, and exactly, this is his land, he is the Baal Habayas. And I cannot begin to tell you that just as Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echod, it means not only that God is one, but that He is unique. Being here this past week, it's incredible. I'll just share a few examples with you. Number one, unfortunately, this past week, there were two outstanding funerals. Now, what am I speaking about? Unfortunately, among those who died in Aza were two Hayalei Bodet, two soldiers who do not have family in this country. One came from Texas. His name was Sean Connelly. The other one came from L.A., Max Steinberg. Now listen carefully.
the first one, was laid to rest in Haifa. The word got out that this young man did not have family here. 20,000, that's correct, 20,000 people came to his Leviah in Haifa. And Max Steinberg, who's, who came two years ago on birthright, who fell in love with the land, whose parents and he were not yet observant, and they came first time to be at his funeral. 30,000 people came to Har Herzl in Yerushalayim to be at this young man's funeral with the family, showing the family that came from Los Angeles that you do have family here in the States, in Israel rather, 30,000 strong. Umi, who is Ka'amcha Yisrael, who is like the Jewish people, Goy Echad Ba'aretz. It doesn't mean only one, it means as well, look how unique we are. Now, I can only tell you, you've all heard of the Iron Dome. Now, there's no question that they come to destroy us, and I want you to take a look. You'll honor me by bringing a Tehillim to your table tonight, and you'll turn to Tehillim Samach Gimel 63, and you'll look at Pasuk Yud 10. 63, verse 10. Now, to me, this is so incredible. Why? Because it shows that Tillim has not gathered any dust. And Dabr Melech, who wrote this with Ruach HaKodesh, literally 3,000 years ago, it's as relevant today and it speaks to us today as it was to him. And what does he say? The Hamon is Sho'ah Yivakshu Nafshi. They want to destroy us. Literally, they want to do to us nothing less than to exterminate us. As we say in Tillim 83. And look how the verse continues. Literally, they come to and from the depths of the earth. That is what we are fighting against today. We're fighting against cleaning out the Mi'arot, these tunnels, which extend literally from Gaza into Eretz Yisrael, and they come out into Kibbutzim, into different Moshavim in Eretz Yisrael. They come out of the earth literally wearing Israeli uniforms, unless we catch them on film by the cameras, unless we catch them, you could only imagine the damage that they can do within these Moshavim. Now, I have to tell you, last Friday, the Prime Minister of Turkey said, can't be that at last week the count was, we said, over 1,400 rockets. Now it's closer to 2,000. Now listen carefully. He said it can't be that 1,400 rockets came into Israel from Gaza and only one person was killed. Now, that is the fact. Now, you have to understand, we see such incredible 
miracle. I can only tell you, I was down, well, yesterday, on Thursday. I was three kilometers from the border of Aza. I went to visit, together with three other rabbis, I went to visit four different uh, um, army camps to distribute food to the Chayolim and to give them some encouragement. Now, I cannot tell you the amazing determination and spirit that these young soldiers have, most of them being literally 19, 20, and a little bit older years old, how they are so uh, committed to this cause. And I was in a community called Navet, which is literally on the Egyptian border. And I can tell you that there are 100 from families living on this Moshav, 30 of which don't even have a Meklat, which means a safe room to where they can run, where the missiles come to their community. The cost of these Meklats is $30,000 each. So just know that each person, in accordance with their ability, I'll help this way, I'll help that way, etc. But I can only tell you that what's going on in Israel, for those that are technologically advanced, you'll know just what I'm talking about. There is this special app on the phone to tell people when missiles are coming. Not only if it's coming into your direction, but it tells you, if you are up in the north, that a missile is coming down in the south, and this great significance of this is so that you can be mispalel. Call Yisrael a raven zelazer. You're up north and you get on your phone that a missile is coming down into the south. You know exactly what to do at that point. It's a peric of Tehillim. It stops. It puts us and makes us literally one people. I can only tell you, in last week's Parsha of Matos, so where the Torah tells us in chapter 31, plus 49, they reported when they came back from the war against Midian, they did not lose a single soldier. Says Rabbeinu Bahaya that this is Minhanisim Hagidolim. This is one of the great miracles. It's a Pele Otsum. It's an incredible wonder. And what's his reason? Because they had many merits. I can only tell you, keep sending packages. What does that mean? I'm not talking about only chocolates, and that's important for the Chayalim, but I'm saying as follows. Your Chasodim, that you are doing wherever you're listening to this, your Chasodim one for another, and the additional Chasodim that you are doing, your tefillos that you are doing, your extra Torah that you are learning, this is enabling literally us here in Israel to experience as we are on a daily basis open miracles. It's the only word I can use. If my mother, Olea Hashom, was listening, she'd tell me to shah 
as if to say we don't want an horror. It's not to be believed how in community, it's a community, and I listen to the news all the time, and they say the rockets are falling here, and rockets are falling there, and they fall between the houses. It doesn't even, it's not to be believed. We are living in such special times. Um, two days ago, I went to intensive care at Adasa in Karim Hospital to visit one of the Chayolim. Keep in mind, in your Shmona Esrei, in Rifa Enu, keep in mind, Ira, Ayin Reish Aleph, Ben Meirav, he and all the other Chayolim that have been wounded should have, please God, a Rifa Shlema. I can only tell you, this is Shabbat Chazak. Well, we finish reading the Torah. We say, Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazak. You cannot imagine the incredible sense of Achtos and Chizuk, which is present in the land at this time, how literally, how with, regardless of whatever stripe and whatever kind of religious or not yet religious background you are, there's such an incredible sense of unity and oneness in the land, and we pray that this is going to continue in a positive way as soon as this action against Gaza ends, bringing us, please God, to the time when Hashem, the nine days, and Tishabov will, please God, be transformed into holidays. Shabbat Shalom.